You're listening to Post Call, Frontline Health Stories, hosted with Dr. Anita Gupta. Dr. Goldberg is a leading cardiologist and nationally recognized pioneer in women's heart health. She's a medical director of NYU's Women's Heart Program, senior advisor of women's health strategy at NYU Langone Health, and the founder and former medical director of Joan H. Tisch Center for Women's Health at the NYU Langone Medical Center and clinical associate professor of NYU Grossman School of Medicine. She's also the co-medical director of the 92nd Street WISE Cardio Rehab Program, author, radio show host on Dr. Radio Sirius XM 81 of Beyond the Heart, and a nationally recognized leader in women's heart health. Dr. Goldberg is a national spokesperson for the American Heart Association and started the Go Red for Women campaign. So today we're going to talk about telemedicine and what you need to know. And as you know, COVID-19 has brought telemedicine to the forefront of patient care. And at this current time, patients are really looking for answers. And I know you are working in New York City uh, closely with patients, uh, and I would love to get your take on telemedicine, telehealth, and you know what patients really need to know right now and how you're managing it. Well, I can say um, from uh, from what it, our experience is is that um, healthcare delivery pretty much changed overnight with the COVID nineteen uh, pandemic. In fact, um, when the decision was made to the shelter in place and everyone go home and, and elective procedures were canceled. We got our telemedicine program up at NYU within a few days. Uh, and, and from going to a virtual urgent care that had, had already been running with a, a few hundred calls a week, we went into the thousands. And what happened was we we organized um, the doctors to come in. In, in my as a cardiologist, I did go into work once a week to see patients who absolutely needed to be seen. These were non-COVID patients who had heart symptoms. But for the majority of time, from uh, March when New York City closed down until June 1st, we were doing telemedicine visits. And the telemedicine visits were um, an interesting experience um, in that a lot of the visit is the information we're getting um, because we're not there with the patient is very patient-directed. So if you're someone who wants to see your cardiologist at a telemedicine visit, first of all, it's important to understand why you want to see your cardiologist. Is it because you just need a follow-up your blood pressure medicine or your cholesterol? Um, is it because you have symptoms? Particularly if you're having symptoms that are concerning like chest discomfort, shortness of breath, uh, those need to be office-based. It should probably be office-based care because an electrocardiogram has to be done. Um, and the other visits for stable patients, it's great if you can weigh yourself for the visit and take your pulse and blood pressure. And many people in New York City, um, as soon as the pandemic started, they had pulse oximeters, a little device you put on your finger 
and it measures your oxygenation, but it also gives your heart rate. So a number of my patients were able to give me their pulse just from this device. Other people have Fitbits or Apple Watches and can give their heart rate to the doctor during the visit that way. Uh, additionally, many people have home blood pressure machines, and that's, just, that, that's a really helpful piece of information so that you can make the visit more valuable and your doctor can help make decisions with you about your blood pressure medicine and other testing you might need. So, you know, you talk about stable and unstable patients and, and you know, the use of telemedicine. You know, when should patients go into the office and when should they opt for a telemedicine visit? Okay, so when stable patient means someone who doesn't have any symptoms but is treated for a chronic medical problem, like high blood pressure, um, high cholesterol, diabetes. There are patients who have heart failure who are stable on medicines that often nurses telephone to ask how they're feeling and they give the nurses their weight. So this is a good group of people to do telemedicine visits as, um, as long as they're not feeling short of breath or having increased swelling in their ankles or edema, unable to lie flat. If someone has chest tightness or pressure that they develop while walking that's relieved by rest, that kind of symptom is best to go to the doctor in an office because the doctor has to examine you, whether it's an examination and also an electrocardiogram and uh, and the standard vital signs be done in the office. Um, there are some other visits that are outside of cardiology that are lend themselves to telemedicine visits, like people who are seeing psychologists, psychologists, social workers, the therapy. And you, you talk to the doctor, but here on a telemedicine visit, you and the doctor can see each other. And dermatology, where most of the, the conditions are outside on the skin, it's easier for the doctor to see what's going on without examining, without needing a stethoscope or any other additional um, test. So, you know, one of the questions that often comes up is, you know, how should individuals prepare for their visit for telemedicine? Because a lot of times doctors, dentists, and specialists are coordinating their initial visits and follow-up visits that way if they're unable to get in or if the visit or if they are having, you know, a chronic but stable uh, review of their health. What would you recommend uh, for them to do? Well, I think first off, get the instructions on how to log on and how best to get into your telemedicine visit. For instance, our telemedicine program works best with a tablet or a smartphone, and the connection is not as good when using a laptop computer or a desk or, or any computer, a PC. So I think it's really important to learn, learn how you log into the visit. And get a phone number in case you're having difficulty or don't understand the instruction. We want to make the visit as smoothly as possible for the patient and not make it a stressful experience. I think it's always best for the person to weigh themselves the morning of the visit, take their blood pressure and pulse if they have the ability to do that. So a lot of questions that come up are about precautions, you know, given COVID-19, you know, when they do go in 
say, for an actual doctor's visit instead of a telemedicine uh, visit, what what is what is the precautions that you recommend, or at least that in general that you're seeing patients are doing at this point? I think it's very important for people to practice safe um, COVID nineteen prevention practices, like wearing a mask. Um, most institutions have organized office space settings so that the doc there are fewer doctors in in an office space, and there's no their patients aren't sitting in the waiting room. So indeed, once a patient comes, they go into an exam room. But before they even get up there to my office, uh, they they have to stop in the hospital lobby and um, get their temperature checked. I will also say that um, when the when the appointment is made, the patient is screened for any potential COVID symptoms and if they've had any recent fever or travel to states which um, we now are quarantining people in in New York City, certain states that have high rates of COVID-19. Additionally, um, when when they come in, they get their temperature checked. And if someone happens to come in without a mask, they get a mask when they come into the medical center. So there's all these scenarios of telemedicine and and the non-urgent doctor's appointment um, if they have to come in. But when should patients go into the emergency room and, you know, bypass a telemedicine visit entirely? Well, I think that's a really good question because some patients have avoided, people have avoided going into the emergency room because they were concerned about being side-by-side with COVID-19 patients. And I can only speak to my institution, but I think others have also thought this out. And the patients are separated, and they don't go to the same floor in the hospital. So that's really important to understand that. With that said, people who have the sudden onset of pressure or tightness in their chest that radiates the arm, neck, or jaw, if they have symptoms of fainting, if they're extremely short of breath, um, where they're not able to talk without even making a move, then you really need to go to a hospital. If you're someone who has another uh, condition where you're bleeding or you're coughing or vomiting up blood, you really need to go to the hospital because those are considered medical emergencies. Right. And and these are really important points. I mean, as you know, I mean, many medical organizations have issued recommendations, you know, on their website, um, the American Academy of Pediatrics, the American College of Allergy and Asthma and Immunology. But, you know, the most important um, is really that those precautions are still in place, right? And, and you know, if they Precautions do- are still in place. Yeah. Um, and I, I, they're going to be in place for a very long time. Right. And, you know, and, and, you know, some of the precautions are really important. I think hand washing is very important, not only, in, you know, for the COVID-19 pandemic, but to prevent any other type of infections that can be um, transmitted from surf- surfaces. I also think people should, should get their flu shots when they come out this fall. Absolutely. I mean, these are really great. COVID has been a great reminder of just great health hygiene and and how important it is uh, to keep all that in check. I mean, are there any uh, last thoughts that you have uh, for individuals who are out there right now trying to make a decision 
on which appointments they should keep and which ones they should hold off? Well, I think a good piece of advice is to contact the office, which is what my patients have been doing. They can either contact the office by phone or through the secure patient portal of our medical records system. And they'll say, Dr. Goldberg, I'm scheduled for a follow-up visit. Many of my patients are really um, prepared when they write that message. They say, this is a follow-up visit. I'm feeling well. I've been exercising. Many of my patients have been eating healthier because they haven't been going out to restaurants. Right. And again, I think you know you raise a good point about exercise uh, and also the issue about stress. Uh, you know, is there any particular points that you want to mention about that right now? Well, I think um, when you live in a city like New York City and you're used to going to the gym and you realize that you have to alter your exercise practice, um, it's important to know that you should be masked and keep your distance. You can you can walk out and take a walk, but you really shouldn't walk in a crowd. You know, in New York, and I've seen this in myself, New Yorkers tend to walk really quickly, and I really slow down until I pass by people, because you don't want to be in a crowd. And it's also disappointing when there happens to be people who are not practicing safe practice. Right. And again, you know, we have to always think about our uh, society, our community, and protect each other. And, and we've realized now how connected we are. I agree with you so much on that. We are very connected. This is a health issue, and it's not a political issue. It's a health issue. We want people to live long and healthy lives. Well, thank you so much for your insights on telemedicine uh, and the best ways uh, individuals can access that. Thank you. Thank you for joining Postcall, frontline health stories impacting society today, hosted by Dr. Anita Gupta.